foolishness that has been propagated in our generation that the Bible and the Scriptures are gender neutral. I'm just going to go ahead and kind of go into attack mode with that for just a moment. And uh, because, let me just say this, there is in one sense, there is in one sense a a context of our communion and our relationship with God that's gender neutral. And that is that if you're genuinely born again, we are all the children of God. And, and so we recognize that. And, and there, there's actually only one passage of Scripture that really just speaks in that context in the, the New Testament. And it's in the book of Galatians. And I, I'm going to just kind of just glean to there. This, they only have a couple of other texts. They don't have this text but let me just read this to you. It says here, As many as of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, where there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And so in the sense of our calling as the children of God, and certainly in the sense of our adoption as children of God, then the heart here of what Paul is saying is there's neither Jew nor Greek. Paul is saying God loves both the same, Jew and Greek. Does that make sense? He's saying also whether you're bond or free in that culture, that simply meant whether you're a bond slave or a free man. Does it matter to God? God loves you all equally. Let's go a little bit farther. Then he said there's neither male nor female. Whether you're man or woman, doesn't matter. God loves you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. We had all sinned and gone astray. And deserve the wrath of God, male or female. Right? And Jesus died to cleanse us all from unrighteousness and welcome us into the family of God. That's the only context that I can find in the Word of God that we would say is gender neutral. Beyond that, the very same Apostle Paul that writes those words in the book of Galatians, one book over, the book of Ephesians, speaks very directly and distinctly to men and to women, to fathers and to mothers and to children. And it would be, I think it's erroneous for us to handle the Word of God and to say that God doesn't speak directly to us. One thing that in the maturation of my faith, I have found that when I have searched the Word of God and found where God was speaking directly to me as first a husband and then as a father, and I began to study this out for myself and, and began to apply the Word of God, that's when I saw growth. That's when I saw change. That's when I learned how to respond appropriately to my wife. That's when I learned how to value her for who she is as a gift of God. The Bible says, man, let me just tell you, if you're married here today, let me tell you what your wife is. She is a gift from God. And you have to recognize her as so. And you need to value her and appreciate her and hold her up in prayer. And then your children are special blessings from God. And God will speak directly to you as a father. He'll give you instruction. Even the Apostle Paul uh, attaches doctrine to that. He says, bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Think about that for just a moment of time. Think about that. Paul is laying and conferring the responsibility of teaching and training children in the ways of God upon the man. It's my observation when I see many times... In the, even in the American Christian church, failure in this area where the ladies take the lead. And thank God for women that are willing to step up. Thank God for willing 
women to, to teach the Word of God and to share and to love. And I know that should be a shared responsibility. But let me say this. A man ought not be in there on, the, on Facebook while his wife's in there reading the Word of God to his children. Come on, the man ought to take the lead and say, it's my responsibility to sow the Word of God into the lives of my children, to teach them the nurture and the admonition and the fear of the Lord and to walk and to be a blessing in front of them. God speaks directly to them. And so I, I want to say this. Uh, it's biblically proper. It is biblically proper to say, as a man. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm good. I can say that to you today. As a man or as a father or as a husband or now a grandfather. And my challenge for the men of this congregation today is, do you search the Word of God for instruction, speaking directly to you as a man, as it relates to you and who God's called you to be in your family and in your community? Do you take the time to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God? Do you take the time to sow the word in your heart and say, God, what are you saying to me in my relationship, in my family? Do you understand? Man, I want to ask you this question. Do you understand the power of impact that you can have upon your family? Do you understand the power of impact, either positively or negatively, that you can have? That if you have a godly attitude and you have godly character, that you can, you can affect generations generations that are going to come forth out of you and your children and your children's children towards the good things of God and to become citizens that, uh, of, of our communities that people want to model after their behavior or that if you're negative and you're downcast and, you, and, and you're disheartened and, you're, uh, and you are abusive and you say things that tear down that you can cause the family unit to break down. Let me tell you, guys, you can either be a blessing to your family or you can be a curse to your family. You can either get up in the morning and invoke the very blessing of heaven and walk in the blessing of God yourself and then pass that blessing to your children and your children's children, or you can be a curse. When your children don't want to be around you, are you hearing what I'm saying? When people don't want to be around, when they talk and whisper when you come in the room because of your attitude, then you need to come to the altar because there's forgiveness waiting on you because you need it in Jesus' name. I'm challenging the men today to let's look in the mirror for just a moment of time. Many times we want to blame everybody else for the breakdown in our family. But let me tell you, sometimes you just need to look in the mirror and start with yourself. Now, there's grace and there's forgiveness, but there's not grace and forgiveness available unto you until you at first acknowledge your need for it and you truly repent before God. Listen, I believe a turnaround can be made just like that. I believe in the power of the divine virtue of God where things that have been degenerating for generations can immediately and miraculously be reversed and there can be a change in you, your house, and your household when your heart gets pliable before God. Man, I feel my preacher coming on early here today and I'm okay with that because this stirs my heart up. Let me, I, I, God made a promise to a man, and this is where this passage, I want you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. God made a promise to a man that we're all familiar with in the Word of God. His name is Abraham. Now, he was named Abram when he first was called of God in the book of Genesis. He's known to us in the kingdom of God as the patriarch, the father of the faith. 
You and I are called children of Abraham by faith. We've been adopted into the family. He's the one that God formed a covenant with. And God called him out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees. And this is a part of that passage of Scripture. That would be modern-day Babylon. He was living there with his family. And, and, and uh, he, the Bible says God spoke to him. And look what he said in the first verse of the 12th chapter. He said, the Lord said to Abram, he said, I want you to get out of thy country. You know what? Sometimes in order to become the person God's called you to be, you got to be willing to leave where you are. you got to be willing to go where God's called you. The writer of the book of Hebrews speaks about this very passage. And he said, Abraham went out not knowing where he went. He didn't have a compass. He didn't have a map. All he had was a conviction that God said, you've lived here long enough, but i got something more for you. But you got to be willing to go out. There are some of you under the sound of my voice, you were raised in abusive homes. You were raised without the love and the kindness of a godly father. And God is calling you to go to a new place. God's calling you out of that place of abuse and that sorrow and that continual cycle. God's calling you and it's going to take faith. And you got to get up. And I don't care if you're mocked. I don't care if you're ridiculed. I don't care if a thousand demons are tugging away at you. The power of Christ Jesus that dwells on the inside of you is compelling you to go to a land that God's called you to dwell in. And you know where that land is? It's a land of blessing. It's a land of favor. Look what he said. He said, I'm going to take you from your father's house. Now, I don't know about Terah. That was the name of Abram's father. The Bible records in the 31st verse of the 11th chapter. I don't know if he was a godly man or an ungodly man. All I know is God said, Abram, you've been living there long enough, and I want you to go there because I got a blessing. He said, I've got something I'm going to show you in that first verse unto a land that I'm going to show you. I'm telling you, God will show you great things, men. God will cause you to be a dreamer. You ought to be a dreamer. You ought to be able to close your eyes and say, God, I see something more for myself than what I am right now. I see something more for my family and my children. I don't have to live in this cycle of brokenness over and over and over again, God. But when I close my eyes, I have a revelation of God that God's blessing me in my house and my household. And if God puts that vision in your heart, I want you to know if God put that vision in your heart, He will bring it to pass if you have the courage to follow his leading. Look at this second verse for a moment. He said to Abram, he said, I want you to get out of your country and get out of your kindred's house and even from your father's house and I want to take you to a land that I'm going to show you and look what I'm going to do for you. This is what God told Abraham. And you've got to make a measure of this uh, particular to you today. I love what he said here. He said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And he said, and I'm going to bless you. I mean, you got to stop right there, and I'll get on that in a moment of time. There are some people that don't believe that God can bless them. That's the lie of the enemy today. That's unbelief residing in your heart. He's got a stronghold, and you got to cast that stronghold out in the name of Jesus because God can bless you. And I want to even go one farther than that. When God determines to bless you, there ain't no devil in hell can stop him from blessing you as long as you believe the Word of God. He said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great. And look at the end of this. And thou shalt be a blessing. 
And that word, when I was sitting at my desk just three weeks ago praying about this service right here, I hadn't even opened the scriptures. I was just thinking about, God, I need a word for, son, for, for Father's Day. And this is what dropped in my spirit right there, just like that. God said, he said, I will bless you to be a blessing. Men of God, you're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed of God to be a blessing. Abraham became the patriarch of faith, and he became the pastor of the prophetic blessing. I'm going to talk to you today about being blessed, and I'm going to talk to you guys about passing the prophetic blessing because that prophetic blessing became so valued in Jewish culture that Jacob and Esau would later actually wrestle over it. They desired it so much because they had seen that when God determined to bless. Let me just pick up that for just a moment before I begin to speak about speaking the prophetic blessing. I think it first arrives, you have to arrive at the place in your heart and mind, man of God, where you recognize that God has chosen you. God chose Abraham, and unfortunately, so many people, men and women alike in our culture today, do not fully understand that they have been chosen by God. I opened the service this morning by reading a passage out of the book of Ephesians where the Bible plainly says under the inspired pen of the Apostle Paul that you've been chosen by God. I've said this countless times since I've been pastoring. You didn't choose God. He chose you. That ought to give you an esteem that the world cannot give you. That God searched the hearts and minds of men and women. And he saw you. And he chose you. And he's put his blessing upon you. And he's called you. And you've got to have the understanding in your mind that God desires to bless you. So many people live in the hee-haw mentality. You remember the hee-haw, don't you? That show in the 70s and the 80s and you remember the little part where two guys sat around singing about agony and misery on themselves and that's all they live their life in agony and misery on me you got to pull that type of thinking down and you got to get up in the morning and say I am called of God chosen of God and blessed of God and the favor and the grace and the goodness of God is upon my life you've got to believe it God is limited in His blessing upon you if you don't believe it. But if you believe it and determine to receive it, then you might need to move to a new country because God's going to bless you so abundantly you can't dwell where you're at right now. If you read the end of Abraham's life, most likely when he left the land of Ur of the Chaldeans, he went out almost like Jacob did generations later. The Bible says Jacob crossed over the Ford Jabbok with nothing but a pouch and a staff, came back 20 years later with a family and, and men servants and maid servants and cattle and riches. And you know what the Bible says about Abraham? It says the Lord has blessed him exceedingly. Do you remember when he sent his servant to get his wife, to get his, his son a wife? Because he didn't want to take a wife of the Canaanites. When that servant went searching for a wife, he said these words. He said, the Lord has blessed Abraham exceedingly. And he's wealthy with gold and silver. Men servants and maid servants and cattle and sheep and donkeys and camels. And the Lord has blessed him. I want you to know God can bless you with all blessings. There can be physical blessings and spiritual blessings. But you have to determine in your heart that God. God desires to bless you. I don't know about you, but I determine in my life that God's blessed me. The first level of blessing is certainly spiritual. Thank God for salvation today. I don't know about you, but I'm not preaching up here in condemnation. 
Pastor Brown, you must be perfect then. No, absolutely not, but he is perfect. And he put me in his son. Pastor Brown, then did you have not sinned? Of course, I sinned just like everybody else. My sin was wretched in the eyes of God. But thanks be unto God, God took my sin and laid it upon the back of his son and then nailed him to a tree so that I could have life and have that life more abundantly. And I understand that today. So I preach in front of you as one that is not without sin, but I'm without condemnation because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I understand salvation, and I understand redemption. I understand forgiveness, and I thank God for the power of love. Thank God for the power of grace. Thank God for His favor. God's blessed me. And you say, guys, what are you, Pastor, why are you saying this? I want you to know blessing is not measured by your bank account. Blessing is not measured by the kind of car that you drive. You don't have to have a car. You could have walked to church this morning and you'd be blessed. I've said this for 30 years and I'll say it again. I can live in a cave and be blessed of God. Abraham lived in a tent and he was the blessed of God and he had an open heaven and he had a God willing to listen. And when God even determined to judge the wicked Sodom and Gomorrah, God wouldn't even judge wicked Sodom and Gomorrah unless he ran it by Abraham first. He had a covenant with Abraham, and you are blessed of God. This morning, I'm blessed with joy. Come on now. I feel that, Cody, don't you? I got the joy of the Lord. It's okay, guys, to smile. I want to challenge you today. Live life with a smile. Come on, wipe away the frown. I do this with Anna, my little grandbaby, and I'll do this, and I'll be like this. You can live life that way. Did you know that? Just that quickly, when you have a revelation of what Christ did for you, the grace of God can wipe away disheartened heart and frowns and, and sorrows and travail and put joy in your heart and in your spirit. And you can get up in the morning with a supernatural energy knowing that you've been blessed of God. And you can get up in the morning and know that your sins are forgiven and you are at peace with God. Did you know I was praying and I wrote this down? God's blessed me with kindness. God's blessed me with grace. God speaks prophetically over my life. Did you know that? We're going to get there in just a few moments. But God has already spoken. Even if I didn't have anybody else to speak prophetically over my life, God's already spoke prophetically over my life. God's already spoke it into existence. See, God calls things that be not as though they were. See, we call things that are as they are. And many times we're in negative circumstances and we get, we get discontented and discouraged because of the situation. God will walk right into the darkness and shine the light in. Right? He will call things that be not as though they are. And He will speak life over you. And He's already spoken life over you. And when you understand that, then that, want, that, that is a motivation in your heart to follow the will of God. He leaves me blessings in the field. You know, I feel that. I feel like Ruth at times. I know that we go through life and we all work. And we all have travail and we all have challenges. Just because you're blessed don't mean you don't have challenges. Just because you're blessed don't mean that you don't have some things you got to work out. I wrote it this way. you got to manage blessings. What do you mean by that? If God blesses you with children, then God forbid that you don't manage those blessings. you got to manage your blessings. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes you get tired. As Joe was praying earlier, and you feel a little frustrated at times. But if you'll just calm yourself in the presence of God. 
And then you'll realize that God has left these things for you and blessed you. I feel like Ruth. Where was I going with it? The Bible says that Boaz, the owner of the field, took notice of her. And she was just gleaning in the field. She was back there with the impoverished people of the community, gathering up the leftover grain. But the Bible says that Boaz took notice of her. And when he took notice of her, he told the reapers, he said, make sure that you leave her a blessing behind. I don't know about you, but I find blessing not just monetarily, Come on, when I just have just a little moment of kindness in my life, I know that every good and perfect gift came down from the Father of lights, with whom there is neither variableness, neither shadow of turning. What does that mean? That means God is always kind towards you. He always loves you, and He's always willing to pour His grace and His blessing upon your life if you're willing to receive it in Jesus' name. And so live your life blessed of God. Live your life as a blessing. I challenge you you today. Bless and do not curse. Speak life over your family and over your household. Let me take a moment. I'm on another passage of Scripture that I want to take you to there in just a moment. But as I do so, I want you to think about this with me for a moment of time. I believe in the prophetic word. Do you even know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that word that God has spoken over you. Well, I believe in the prophetic word of God that God can quicken a word in our heart and in our lives. And men, let me talk to you very specifically to you today. The power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. Come on, in your frustration. Now, we know we've all sinned with our tongue. The Bible says in the, in the book of James, the tongue is an unruly evil. No man can tame it. It can only be curved by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so let me say this to you today. We know that your tongue can be a sword and you can cut and hurt people with it. But you can also speak blessings and you can speak life and you can speak favor and you can speak the grace of God. And I want to challenge you. I have said this for many years now because I've exercised it on my own life. That if I ever say something about my sons and my daughters that's negative, that could affect their future, then when the Lord quickens in my heart that I've spoken something about my children, I immediately, like an old weed in the garden, I immediately reach down and I pull that thing up in the name of Jesus because I don't want that to affect the future of my sons and daughters. You say, Pastor, how do you pull it up or pluck it up? I repent of it in the name of Jesus. And I curse it at the root. And I say, God, that was not the will of God for my son or my daughter, but God, that was born of the flesh. And I, re I ask you to forgive me now in the name of Jesus. And if I have said something to them in a moment of frustration or anger, then God forbid that I don't humble myself Come on, man of God, humble yourself and go into your spouse, go in unto your children and ask for their forgiveness. You say, Pastor, wait a minute. Yes, you receive forgiveness from him. Then you need to ask forgiveness for others if you've hurt or wounded them in your arrogance or in your frustration or in your futility. And so when you read the Word of God, you find that men... And especially men, but men and women, but men in this context, when they understood they were blessed of God, then they realized that they could pass that blessing. They could speak it. I'm not talking about a decree in a contract. I'm not talking about a will. 
I'm, not talk, I'm talking about a prophetic word. Do y'all believe that today? I believe it. I hope I'm preaching to somebody who's willing to challenge their faith today. Men of God, believe it. Husband, believe it. Father, believe it. You can speak the word of God over your sons and daughters. Now, it was a powerful moment earlier when Jace brought a little clarification. Now, I preach from the standpoint of a father today with children and now grandchildren. And my relationship is intact. But I know that I'm preaching to men that situations are not always perfect. And I know that sometimes you might be out of relationship because of decisions either that you made years ago or that were made by others and you couldn't do anything about it. And I recognize that. And I know that there are certain limitations that apply. But let me tell you, the power of a prophetic word is not limited. You don't have to have personal contact with somebody to still speak a prophetic word over them. You don't have to actually physically. The Bible tells us that Joseph brought his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, to his father Jacob so that Jacob could bless them when, before he died when he was living in the land of Egypt. And that's a powerful thing. But let me tell you, the power of the prophetic blessing can be spoken, and you can be miles away. You may not even be able to see your children because of, again, relationships and things and situations that are beyond your control today. But there's one thing that you don't have to give up. You don't have to give up the power of the prophetic word. You don't have to give up the power of being an intercessor. You don't, have to, you don't have to give up the power of speaking life over your sons and daughters. Come on, I'm challenging you today, and I feel a resistance right there. I feel a certain attitude starting to kick in, an arrogance kick in, and a frustration, but I came against it, and I come against it in the name of Jesus. I want to challenge you, man of God. Humble yourself uh, and be a blessing and speak the prophetic blessing, even if it's not in person with the individual that you want to bless. Let me even go one farther than that, and yes, you can be a spiritual father to someone even when you are not a paternal father. Every one of us men should be wanting to influence somebody else. I'm telling you, that gives you an, a purpose in life when you say, God, I don't want to just consume this blessing. I want to pass this blessing. Man, I feel the Lord right there. I don't want to just, uh, you know what, I'm telling you, God will bless you. You can't just consume it all. You've got to pass it. You've got to share it. You've got to prophesy it. You've got to openly declare it. You've got to speak the word of God with all boldness in the name of Jesus. Let me show you this second passage before I close today. I feel the Spirit of God on this. And there's something that I just want to share with you as I do so today. There's a lot of things, guys, that I'd be limited in trying to talk to you about. If I could use this as certain analogies. There's, I've had a limited career field. You know, a lot of times when we listen to speakers, a lot of times their history or their careers, you, you know, you kind of observe and you can say, well, that, he knows a lot about that subject. They're very varied and they're very studied. Like when Dr. Brassfield, he can, Dr. Brassfield can go to a passage on, um, you know, thermal nuclear physics and, and make you feel like he's he been in that field all his life. And there's only two or three subject matters that I could really talk to you about from personal. I know, I know basketball pretty good. I could go that conversation with you. And uh, I definitely could talk turkey hunting with you a little bit. I could talk house building with you a little bit. And I could talk the military. 
Those four things have kind of summed up the natural things that I could go into a discussion with you about if I was going to give you my experiences to help you. But there's a fifth one that I want to talk to you about today. Let me tell you what this fifth one is. This fifth one is about that prophetic word, to speak it over your sons and over your daughters, and to believe in it in the name of Jesus, and to believe that God called you God called you and He filled you with His Spirit to speak the power of the Word of God, to be a defender, to lift up the sword of the Spirit, to bind devils and demons, to break curses in the name of Jesus, to tell the devil he can go so far, but he can't go no farther because there's a bloodline been drawn in the sand and he can't cross that bloodline in Jesus' name. To have a conviction and an anointing upon your life. And the power of His grace in your heart and life. And I want to show you a passage of Scripture that God showed me many years ago. And I know that there's been countless others that have uh, observed this passage of Scripture and it's brought life to them. But I still speak this today. And I will speak this until my dying days. And I want to challenge you men of God. Receive this in your heart and life. Because you've been blessed to be a blessing. You've been blessed to pass the blessing. Psalm 128. Verse number 1 says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. We could put it in this context today. Blessed is every man that feareth the Lord. Guys, you want to walk in the blessing of God, you got to honor Him as God. you got to reverence Him as your Father. you got to willfully submit to His will. you got to humble yourself before Him. You can't do your thing. you got to do God's thing. God has a far better plan for your life than you do for yourself. you got to learn to trust Him even during the hard times. you got to learn that God's going to order and bring everything together for your good and for His glory. Jesus was in a garden called Gethsemane with the weight of the world about to be set upon his shoulders and the natural flesh uh, that, he, that he dwelt in wanted to run from the cross. And he said, he prayed a prayer and he said, Father, if there be any other way, if there's another way, another redemptive plan, then let me find it. But then he said these words and they should resound in our spirit today when he said, nevertheless, Lord, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And when you submit yourself to God, and humble yourself before God, then you become the person that God can bless because you're walking not in your ways. Are y'all catching that today? You're walking in His ways. You're walking in the blessing of God. So let's go farther and let's look at this passage. You're blessed. Guys, say that under your breath with me for a minute. I'm blessed to be a blessing. He said this. He said, you shall eat the labor of your hands. Thank God that when we're constructive and we're doing things God's way, God's going to bring about a reward. Did y'all catch that? He said, you're going to eat the labor of your hands. Let me just say that in the positive. We say this in the negative oftentimes. You're going to sleep in the bed that you make or is that how it goes? Something like that. Is that how it goes? Lie in it. That's it. Close enough. We say it negatively, but let's say it positively. If you labor for God and you do things his way, then there's going to be a reward that's attached to it. He said, you're going to eat the labor of your hands. And look what's going to happen. Happy shalt that be, shall thou be. Actually, that word there is also blessed in Scripture, though we'll find that word later in this passage. But he says, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. 
My God, what would happen if men just rose up? And our, what couldn't it start in our congregation? Just the men of God living life with joy. Living life with peace. Living life with a contentment in their spirit that they're loved of God. And the favor of God can be upon their lives. You know what will happen? Happy shalt thou be. It will be well with thee. If you have the other mindset and you're disheartened and your mind is confused and you're down on yourself all the time, then that's just the opposite. Then it won't be well with you. You have to believe and you have to perceive that it will be well with you when you do it God's way. Look at this right here. Your wife will be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. And your children will be like olive plants around about your table. Now let's just read that together, men. And and I want you, there's an application of that to you in your life, whatever. You have to adapt it and adjust it to your situation. I don't know your situation. You may be single. You may not have children as of yet. Whatever the case, you have to adapt this. But for me and my house, this worked very well in my spirit. And I can't tell you the countless times that I have walked in my prayer time. And this is the way all I can do. Jesus' disciples taught you to pray, taught his disciples to pray. They came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray. So I'm going to teach you guys of what I know. This is how I know this. That when I get alone with God and the Spirit of God rests upon me, the way that I pray prophetically over my family is this way right here. I say, Father, I want to thank you for Sherry. She's a fruitful vine by the side of my house today, God. Your word says that when I found her, I found a good thing and I obtained favor of the Lord. I'll be satisfied. I know this is going to gross some of you out, but the Bible says to be satisfied with the breast of the wife of thy youth all the days of thy life. Drink water from thine own cistern. She'll do me good and not evil all the days of my life. Glory to God. I speak the prophetic blessing over her in the name of Jesus. God, I pray you'd bless her when she gets up. Give her strength, God, in the name of Jesus. Let her not be on the phone too much with her daughters in one course of the day. That would be a miracle in and of itself. But in the name of Jesus, Lord, let the faith and the blessing of heaven be upon her through the course of this day. God, I want to thank you for Ashley today. I bless Ashley in the name of Jesus. I bless Amber in the name of Jesus. I bless Anthony in the name of Jesus. God, I bless Austin in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless Aaron today, God, in the name of Jesus. And last and not forgotten this year, I bless Alyssa in the name of Jesus. And now my family's expanded. And so when I prophetically speak the word of God, I speak it this way. And I say, Father, I bless Matt in Jesus' name. And I bless Malachi. And I bless Anna. And now I bless Elizabeth. And I bless Laith in the name of Jesus. And I bless Emily in the name of Jesus. And I bless Lauren and now Lara in the name of Jesus. Father, I speak life over them in Jesus' name. God, let the favor of God be upon them. Let them be blessed and filled with the Holy Spirit. Let them walk in divine destiny, God. Let them be the people that you've called them to be. God, when the enemy comes in one way, God, let him flee seven ways. In Jesus' name, God, let the favor and the blessing of God be upon my children because they're like olive plants round about my table. Glory to God. Now, let me tell you, how would that affect your children? 
How would that affect your family for generations to come if every man of God rose up and began to prophetically declare that word over their wife and over their children and over their children's children? What a change would be worked in our homes. But you know what, church family? I go one farther than that, and I don't stop right there. Because I told you several years ago, I went from being just the pastor of this assembly to being the father of this assembly. And I settled it in my spirit in Jesus' name. And so now when I pray in this house and I finish speaking blessing over my house and my household, you say, Pastor, is that really the, the, the way it was done? Let me give you an example of it before I get to this final closing part. The Bible tells us that when David, when David rejoiced before the Lord and bringing the ark of God to the city of Mount Zion, or to Mount Zion. Do y'all remember that, Second Sam? You remember there had been a breach. He had wanted to bring the glory of God, but he did it the wrong way, put it on a new cart. Thought if he put new uh, oxen and cart uh, uh, and put the ark on it, that'd be the right way, but sometimes you can do things with a pure motive and do it the wrong way and miss God. And he missed God, and there was a, a, a breach that took place. Then he found out about God blessing the house of Obed-Edom because Obed-Edom kept the ark of God for three months. David went back to the Word of God, and he said, I'm going to find out what we need to do to get the ark to the house of God, a tent that he had pitched on Mount Zion there in the city of Jerusalem. And he found out there wasn't nobody to carry the ark but the priests, the Levites. That's the only ones ordained of God. Does anybody remember that story in the Word of God? And so they got it, the, the, the Levites have got the ark on the staves, two staves, four Levites are carrying it, and they're walking. And the Bible says they go a few place, uh, steps and they sacrifice. And you look up, and out of the worship, they got a worship team. So they got Shane and all the worship team. Uh, they're singing and worshiping. And all of a sudden, out of the crowd comes David, and he's twirling, he's dancing, he don't care what he's dressed like. Right? He don't care because he's just going to worship God. And then he got back to the house of God and he delivered a psalm. And he gave a psalm and they, he sang a song over the people. And then the Bible says he blessed the people. He blessed the people. And then he gave them, listen to this, he gave them a piece of bread. King James English says, Joe Joe said, gave him a good piece of flesh. I'll consider that a, rib, a ribeye. And a flagon of wine. And then he went back to his house for this purpose. Men of God, I hope you go back to your house with a new purpose in your heart. The Bible says he went to bless his household. What would it be like if fathers just started speaking the power of the prophetic blessing over their children, over their spouses, over their extended family? What a miracle would be worked in the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, I just wish somebody would bless me that way. But tell you, you got it now if you're a part of our church family. Because when I pray and I finish praying and I go through my ever-growing list of browns and the expansion in the brown household, I say, Father, I thank you for my family at First Assembly. God, I speak the life of God over them. 
I speak the blessing of God over them. I speak the favor of God upon them in the name of Jesus. God, let them be the head and not the tail. Let them be above and not beneath. Let them be blessed in the storehouse, the basket, and the field. Bless their relationships. Bless their children and their children's children, God. I pray that you would keep them, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that when they go through sorrow and travail, they'll find a peace and a solace and a comfort in Jesus Christ. God, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that the enemy as has previously been said that when he comes in one way he'll have to flee before them seven ways God in the name of Jesus and I don't know about you but I believe with all of my heart that there's a God in heaven that captures those words and he releases the power of that prophetic blessing over your life as a result of a spiritual father blessing the people that God's placed under him Men of God, you can do the same. Let's close. Aaron, I want to ask you to join me on the platform here today. Let's read this in closing here. Behold, thus shall the man be. Come on, guys, read that with me. The man shall be what? He'll be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord, this is God speaking to you. Look at this. Don't you want to see a change work? Man, I, I tell you what, me and Joe talk many times. We see families that there's such brokenness, such sorrow. They, they, they see it more than I do. Uh, Joe and Ann working with the call and, and seeing these that we're, when children are taken out of homes and, and this travail and this sorrow and this difficulty. And, 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 and we, we weep in our spirits because let me say this, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm going to say it again today. I don't care what the devil says. I rebuke him in Jesus. It does not have to be that way. I believe the grace of God is sufficient for every household. I believe the blessing of God is great enough that we can all have the blessing of God upon our lives. But you've got to make your mind up that you want to stop the curse and you want to pass the blessing. But only you can make that decision. You have to determine in your heart, because here's what he said in closing this passage. God said he would bless you out of Zion. That means out of heaven, God will speak blessing over you. And you will see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Look at this last verse. And you will see your children's children and peace upon Israel. Did you see that? You'll see peace upon your house and your household. Men of God, you've been blessed to be a blessing. That's God's purpose for your life. God called Abraham to go from where he was to a land that he would show him, a land that he would bless him and bless him in, and a place and a position where he could then prophetically be a blessing to those that would come forth from him. That's your responsibility. That's your mandate, man of God. Are you going to believe it? Are you going to believe it? Or are you going to let the devil steal it from you? Are you going to let the devil come in and continue to wreak havoc and create subsequent generations of dysfunction in the home and curse in the home? Are you going to rise up and be a man of faith and power and get up every day with the revelation in your heart that God has blessed you to be a blessing. If you'll live your life 
with that mentality, I'm telling you, a change will begin in your family and your household. And that one day we will look back and we will see the marvelous hand of God. I, I want to speak this. I hear it in my voice, or in, the, in my spirit prophetically. There are some of you that's been jealous of the blessing of God. And you've been envious of the blessing of God. But you've never believed God for it. You have to believe God for it. God is willing to bless. He's looking for someone that will walk in His ways. He's, walk, he's, he's looking for someone that's fearful of Him, that's reverent before Him, that's tired of doing it the old way and ready to do it God's way. That's the house and the household that God can bless. I want to ask everybody to stand up with me, please. I want to ask every man... every man that will, to come forward and just stand around the altars with me today. Here in just a moment of time, here in just a moment, guys, I'm going to come by.